So, I guess I've always been interested in the military, you know? I mean, ever since I can remember growing up as a kid in uh, Pepper Hill, South Carolina, or Pepper Hill in North Charleston, South Carolina. Um, yeah, I can just remember growing up, you know, visiting my uh, uh, grandparents' house uh, there in Pepper Hill, and even uh, my grandparents up in Columbia, South Carolina. It was always just, uh, you know, knickknacks laying around, artifacts, um, pictures hanging on the wall, you know, stuff kind of like what I got here. Um, certificates of uh, appreciation and uh, retirement certificates, whatever, just uh, there was always a presence. Um, I'd go rummaging through the, the closets and stuff like that, and I would find uh, uniforms and old pilot's jackets and um, just a lot of paraphernalia, just stuff laying around that always kind of piqued my interest. And, uh, you know, my, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side had, uh, you know, tattoos and stuff like that that he had uh, acquired while he was in the Navy, and I'll, I'll kind of go into that here shortly, but I just always had a fascination for it. I remember, um, I don't know if I really expressed much interest uh, with my dad's side of the family up there in Columbia, but um, I know there in Pepper Hill, when I would be around my, uh, my mom's parents, I would always, you know, the commercial was just so great back back then. You'd see a Marine commercial and a Navy commercial. I don't remember seeing a lot of Air Force commercials back in that time. It seemed like it was more Marine and Army um, and maybe Navy. But definitely Marines always stuck out to me. And I remember always telling my grandmother when I was there that uh, when I grew up, I was going to join the Marines. She was like, hell no, you're not. You're not going to join the Marines. The Marines are horrible. There's no way. I will not allow it. I will not let you join the Marine Corps. And, um, you know, she had experience with uh, different branches of service, and she knew a little bit about them. So um, she had her, her reasons why, and I never um, really inquired as to why. It was just always, you know, they're, they're too tough, and, and you're going to, you know, they're always in the front lines, and you're, you're, you're going to die, you, you know, if you're going to do anything, join a different branch of service. So she really didn't want me to go into Marine Corps, and I did not. Um, I'll give you a little background on myself, and I apologize, guys, <clears throat> if I clear my throat and, and maybe not look too good today, but I'm not feeling, I'm, I've got actually got a fever right now, I'm not feeling my best, but I said I was going to do a Veterans Day podcast, and that's what I'm doing. It is actually uh, November 12th right now, so Veterans Day was actually yesterday, but it's being observed today, and this won't come out until tomorrow, the 13th, but um, I said I was going to do it, I'm doing it found this great picture, by the way, on uh, the internet. I stole it off of uh, Google. I uh, had some images out there. I took it, put it up on the TV. I thought it looked pretty nice. Um, you know, that's uh, the heart, uh, the heart hand is kind of the thing people do nowadays. I thought it was, I thought it was pleasant looking, pleasing to the eye. And the colors popped real nice and it says thank you. And that's what I wanted to do today is say thank you. And um, so a little background on me. You've heard some of this before, but if you haven't listened to previous episodes, then you haven't. So uh, I did end up joining the military. I uh, started off going to college for a little bit when I graduated high school, and that just did not go very well. What just happened? There's some stuff going on. There's some bad weather outside right now, too, but I guess that was a car going over or an airplane, something. I don't know if you heard it. So tried college for a little bit, and that wasn't really working out for me. I was... Um, more interested in going to the beach than going to class, so uh, I got a incomplete in pretty much all of the classes that I took, 
And I got an ultimatum from the parents that said, or from my father more specifically, that said, look, you, you know, you can try college one more time or you can stay here in the house. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you don't go back to college, you can stay, continue to live in the house here, but you're going to have to start paying some rent and some utilities, you know, some money out of your pocket. Or you can move out and do things on your own. But uh, we're either going to support you one more time through college, uh, you support yourself here at the house, or you go somewhere else and support yourself. So I ended up um, um, staying with some friends down in town quite often. And um, I didn't, don't necessarily think I moved out of the house, but I remember uh, just staying with some friends, uh, Walker, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but... They were in the Air Force at the time here at the Charleston Air Force Base and uh, moved in with those guys for a little bit here and there and just started seeing the lifestyle that they had, the money they had in the pocket, their sharp uniforms they were wearing when they came home from work and all the great stories they would have, of stuff that they were doing at work and all the uh, activities they were doing. And I started just asking questions about the, about the Air Force and about the military in general. And they filled me in on the way they felt about it and they had a very good attitude about it you know a lot of people you talk not a lot but there's there's some debbie downers out there in every career field every job that you go to that are just going to talk shit about it these guys were very positive about the air force they uh, said how it changed their lives and how impactful it was um, for them and relationships and their family and just everything so i said you know what i'm gonna go down and talk to a recruiter and i did that a few days after that i talked to a recruiter um, Air Force recruiter, and they uh, had already taken the ASVAB test. I already had a great score. I was already qualified on the testing. So now they just had me fill out a bunch of paperwork and uh, sent me up to the MEP station there at Fort Jackson, Columbia. The MEPS is the Military Entrance Processing Station. That's where you, you go to get your physical done and uh, hopefully uh, select a job if you're qualified. So I went up there. I had some issues. I had to to come back to my recruiter and we had to fill out some additional paperwork and submit it and a couple weeks later it was approved i went back up to the map station to finish my processing and that's when i selected a a job of physical therapy technician and left the next day for basic training so i did not enter the delayed entry program i did not wait around i didn't i wasn't playing around i said all right i'm gonna take it and i actually called my mom um, I believe that day, you know, the recruiter said, look, we got this one job, man. If, if you want it, it's not going to be there long because all the other MEP stations around the United States and overseas are looking at this same job and somebody's going to grab it. So you better hurry up if it's what you want. And I said, man, I don't know, man. I got a, got a girlfriend. Uh, she was pregnant at the time. So I, I just really don't think I can leave that soon. And they were like, well, you better make a decision because you're going to lose this and you're not going anywhere for a while. So I ended up calling my mom and said, look, they got a job, but it leaves the next day. And my mom said, look, you got to do what you, you got to do what you got to do. So I did what I did, what I had to do. And I told the guy, to take it. He jumped on the computer real quick and said, okay, I don't know if I can get it. If it's still there, we'll get it for you. And he grabbed it, got my guaranteed job. I, I swore into the uh, delayed entry program for just less than 24 hours and uh, came back the next morning and, and swore on to active duty and went off to basic training. Did that for uh, 21 years and four months as a physical therapy and an occupational therapy technician eventually. And I did a little stint as an Air Force recruiter for four years out of Florence, South Carolina. And uh, that's pretty much my background in the military. I retired in 2013. 
got out and uh, retired out of Las Vegas there at Nellis Air Force Base. Um, yeah, I had some stints. I, I was stationed in Valdosta, Georgia, uh, at Moody Air Force Base, and then I went to, got stationed at Shaw Air Force Base to, to be a recruiter and actually recruited out of Florence about an hour away, but I lived on base there with my uh, then wife, who was also act, active duty as a pharmacy technician. And um, she went off and, and got out of the military and went back to school on a, on a scholarship program, an ROTC scholarship, and became a nurse. We did that, man, the rain is coming down now. And um, where was I at? So, so we did that, so we're both active duty serving our country. She retired as well uh, a, couple, a few years after I did. And left uh, Shaw Air Force Base and went to Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. Left there and spent a long time, six and a half years at Elmendorf Air Force Base out of Anchorage, Alaska. And then we left there and went to Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. Did a couple, um, couple tours. Uh, went through uh, Kuwait and Iraq and um, Qatar. Um, spent quite a bit of time in, in Iraq in a, in a medical facility over there, the 332nd Medical Group, living out of a, or working out of a tent hospital. So retired 2013 out of Las Vegas and then moved back here to Somerville, South Carolina, and I got a government contract job as a an IT guy, or what they called a, a mobile mobile training technician, a MTT, for a project for the Marine Corps, uh, working through Spay War, and uh, we were we pretty much embedded with the Marines and the Navy um, in. Um, in Kuwait and Bahrain and over in Siganil, Italy and Okinawa and just a bunch of places throughout to uh, to support the Marine Corps as they went to the front lines and we developed um, a uh, software program that uh, tracked their electronic medical records and their supply system um, so we did that and we would embed with those guys and we would maintain their computer systems. We provided laptops for them and the software suite that we designed was on there it's called the Theater Medical Information Program, and uh, so still continued to serve. Even once I retired from the military, did that for a few years, uh, became the project manager for that project, and then um, finally decided I, I had had enough and I wanted to take a different direction. So, so what's that? Twenty-one plus three, you know, a little over twenty-four years of of service. <clears throat> I'm not going to make this long, guys, because I'm really not feeling too great, but. Let's see, um, I just kind of wanted to give a little history of uh, some of the other people um, in my family to help to influence you know, what I did. So my parents gave me a little bit of information here, so I'll just run through this real quick. But uh, my dad did 14 years in the Air Force Reserve, so I want to thank him for what he did. Um, after college, um, my, uh, his father, uh, my grandfather, after college at Washington State, my grandfather joined the Air Force as a member of the 14th Air Force. He was assigned to the 491st Bomb Squadron that campaign, campaigned in the CVI Theater, the China-Burma-India Theater, during the Second War as a pilot of the Mitchell B-25 aircraft. During this time, he flew 107 missions over the hump. I don't, don't know what the hump is. He didn't describe what the hump is. I should have maybe uh, looked that up, but maybe some of you will know, and you can comment. Send me a, a message and let me know what the hump is. 
Uh, one of his highlights was piloting Old 59. You can uh, Google search that on its final mission after an attack on Meza Bridge. This was the 100th mission for 59, and no one could have believed that uh, the Mitchell had flown 100 missions into enemy territory and survived. He was a lifetime member of the Flying Tigers of the 14th Air Force Association. He retired from service in 1965 with the rank of Lieutenant Colonel while at Charleston Air Force Base and then moved to Columbia, South Carolina, where he taught ROTC at the University of South Carolina and eventually took up a job with the state. Uh, my dad's brother, uh, Richard Lamont Dales, he graduated Somerville High School right here in 1964. He went on to Clemson University where upon graduation he did uh, more graduate work. Then he decided he wanted to be a doctor, so he joined the service program to fund his medical career after graduation from the Medical University of South Carolina. As a surgeon, he stayed in the Army for uh, around 12 years, serving a tour in Granada, and then spending time at Eisenhower Memorial Hospital. He then decided to go into private practice at Pinehurst Medical in Pinehurst, North Carolina, and continued in the reserves, attaining the rank of Colonel. So he surpassed my, uh, my grandfather, his father. Uh, he continued his practice at Pinehurst until about, until about with Parkinson's took his life in 2013. At a young, young age of 66. Man. All right. Um, so that's uh, my dad's side of the family, just, you know, the immediate side of the family there. Uh, my mother gave me some history on her father. Uh, her dad joined the Navy during World War II at the tender age of 17. Uh, he got, a, got out after the war and went to work alongside his father-in-law, a World War I veteran, in the coal mines in Bellingham, Washington. He decided that was a bad choice and joined the Army Air Corps. Uh, when they split, the Army and the Air Force uh, became two separate entities. He went to the Air Force side. He had a 30, year, uh, 30 years of service, which included deployments during the Korean War, and he uh, retired as a Chief Master Sergeant or an E-9. Uh, my mom's brothers all joined the Navy during the Vietnam fiasco, she calls it, which I guess that's what most people call it. Um, uh, my uncle Will was a storekeeper, but he still ended up riding shotgun on a barge up and down the river. Um, my uncle David was a boiler tender and served on an LSD. And um, if you don't know what an LSD is, I'm going to look it up because I can't remember either. And, I, and I'm sad that I can't remember because I was on an LSD multiple times uh, when I was a government contractor because we went on, on the Muse, the Marine Expeditionary Units, which included a fleet of uh, ships, and the LSD was one of them. So let's see what LSD is. So I, I guess I could be looking up a few of these different things, but um, amphibious. Uh, let's see. What did she say? LSD. Where man, there's a lot. It's a lot of ships. A lot more than what I. So that's a landing ship dock. There you go. It's an LSD. All right, that's all I'm going to look up on that. So uh, he served on LSD. Um, my mom's two uncles also served in the Navy during World War II, and her mother was a Red Cross nurse during World War II. Uh, she wasn't military, but she was certainly an important resource. You know, the Red Cross 
uh, was huge back then. It still is huge, but uh, back in back in during the war, man, they recruited everybody they per- they possibly could, and uh, so she served as well, just in a in a civilian uh, role, but still served nonetheless. What happened to my napkin, man? My nose is running. What is going on? I had a napkin here just a second ago. Where did it go? Where did it go? I lose everything. All right, sorry guys. I to wipe my nose. I'm not feeling well. Um, so that's kind of the history. Uh, my my younger brother also served. Uh, he joined, I believe, about four years after I did. He retired. I want to say in 2015. I think that was the time, November 2015 or so. Uh, I'm not going to go into his whole thing. He doesn't want me talking about uh, his uh, stint in the military, so um, I won't. I will respect his wishes, but he served as well. Um, my older brother Bruce, at one time, when I was a recruiter actually, was talking um, about joining the military because he was in restaurant management at the time and just wasn't feeling that anymore, and he's, he's since left there and, and doing well. But uh, he had passed the age already for me to put him in active duty, but he was still young enough where he could have joined the reserves, and I kind of gave him some information, and he, he made a decision not to do that. So, But he thought about it, and that's the, that's the point. And he you know, supported us. Uh, my brother Kevin and, and myself and everybody else. So he he did his part um, in a civilian aspect. So I appreciate that as well. That's pretty much the extent. I just want to say thank you to all those guys, um, past and present, um, all my family members that have that have served and inspired me to do the same. Went to a uh, an event yesterday at Coastal Coffee Roasters. And um, I'll just say this, and I'll kind of wrap things up. It'll be really short. But uh, went to Coastal Coffee Roasters. They opened up. They're not open on Sundays, but they opened their doors up to the community yesterday. Had a a big turnout. A lot of veterans came through. They also had a tolling of the bell with some World War II submarine vets that were honoring lost submarines and submariners. So that was kind of cool. I say cool. I mean, it was sobering, sombering, so sobering. Is it sobering? I don't even know what the word is. It's one of those two words. Sobering doesn't sound right. That sounds like something to do with alcohol, but um, it just, um, it choked me up and it chokes me up right now thinking about it. I post a video of it on, uh, on social media. So if you want to go out to my page, uh, Brian Dales Jr. or I'm sorry, Brian Dale Sr. on Facebook, you can see the video I posted. It's about a 20 minute long uh, dedication to all those guys. It was fantastic. And um, yeah, the first submarine that they started with, uh, they didn't go in order. They, since we're in Charleston, they said, okay, well, we're going to start off with a famous uh, Charleston submarine. So the H.L. Hunley, it's a submarine uh, for the Confederate Marine Engineer. Uh, Horace Lawson Hunley is who it's named after. It's often just referred to as the Hunley. It was a submarine of the Confederate States of America that played a small part in the American Civil War. Hunley demonstrated the advantages and the dangers of undersea warfare. She was... Why do we always name things she? That's another podcast for another time. Not that I have a problem with it. I'm I'm just curious as to why things are always called a she. A car, submarine, you know, whatever. She was the first combat submarine to sink a warship. 
the USS Housatonic. Although Hunley was not completely submerged and following her successful attack was lost along with her crew before she could return the base, the Confederacy lost 21 crewmen and three sinkings of the Hunley during her short career. So, uh, yeah, they've uh, since made much better <laughs> submarines than this guy. Uh, so here's the history. She was named for her inventor, Horace Lawson Hunley. Shortly after she was taken into government service under the control of the Confederate States Army at Charleston, South Carolina, Hunley, nearly 40 feet or 12 meters long, was built at Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. Mobile? Mobile. Mobile. I think it's Mobile, Alabama. And launched in July 1863. She was then shipped by rail on August 12, 1863 to Charleston. Hunley, then referred to as the fish boat, the fish torpedo boat, or the porpoise, sank on August 29, 19, 1863 during a test run, killing uh, five members of her crew. She sank again on October 15, 1863, killing all eight of her second crew, including Horace Hunley himself, who was aboard at the time, even though he was not a member of the Confederate military. Both times Hunley was raised and returned to service. It seems like after the second one they would have stopped, but I guess it, you know, it uh, did something on the third try here. On February 17, 1864, Hunley attacked and sank the 1,240 displacement ton United States Navy screw sloop of war USS Housatonic which had been on Union blockade duty in Charleston's Outer Harbor. The Hunley did not survive the attack and also sank, taking her, taking with her all eight members of her third crew and then was lost. Finally located in 1995, Hunley was raised in 2000 and is on display in North Charleston, South Carolina at the Warren Lash, Lash Conservation Center on the Cooper River. Examination in 2012 of recovered Hunley artifacts suggest that the submarine was as close as 20 feet or 6 meters to her target, the Housatonic, when her deployed torpedo exploded, which caused the submarine's own loss. So, there you go. And if you want to read more, uh, you can actually go to Wikipedia, which is what I'm on right now, and then they also have their own website, uh, www.hunley.org, and I'll put the link to, to both of those in the show notes so you can kind of see that. Um, and I'll put the link to the Facebook um, post in there as well, so you can see the video if you're interested. And that's about it, guys. That's the history of my military career. Uh, my sons have decided to go to college, and they have uh, expressed interest in maybe a stint in the military as well, but they haven't at this point. But um, I foresee them maybe doing something in the future, you know, with their with their degree and maybe becoming an officer in one of the branches of service, and I would gladly support that if they did. Um, but yeah, so thank you to all my family members, uh, my ex-wife, all my friends and, and brothers that uh, and sisters that I've known my entire military career. Some of them are still serving. Uh, some of them have re since retired or they just got out for various reasons or whatever. But I want to thank each and every one of them for their service, whether it was two years, four years, ten years, thirty years. Um, I appreciate it, and America appreciates it. So, until next time, um, I will bid you adieu. I have a special guest coming in tomorrow, and that will be released on Friday. So, all right, guys, 
Thank you, veterans. Happy Veterans Day, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>